I was and, the same. You know, I was the same. And at a certain point, there's a humility. It's just going, you know what? Watch it. See if you enjoy it. If you mm-hmm. don't, that's fine. But don't yeah. form an opinion on something based off not having seen it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I agree. There's people out there. It's like, nah, haven't seen any of it. It's like, nah, it's just. But you don't know. You don't know, do yeah. you? I think that's yeah. a big motto in life. It's like you don't know unless you try it. Unless you open some doors. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Hello, we're back. Are we back? We're here. Are we back? Yeah, we're, we're, we're here. here. Everyone's here. It's a bit. It's. A, I feel like starting this is a bit like, um, you know, those band meeting scenes in Flight of the Concords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt present. James present. present. That's it. That's all we need. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to episode two or episode one, depending on if the last one was introduction. What yeah, do you reckon? What it, sounds uh, better? No. I mean, like, you know, you call, it's, you know, if you watch a show, you have pilots. Oh, but, yes. But they're still kind of episode one. Yeah. I don't know. So I... I, I think this is way. episode one. Yeah. The, I, w- I would call this episode one. I would call the last one intro slash pilot. Intro slash pilot. Man, there's definitely a podcast name somewhere in there with pilot pilot now you've got like the the only inspiration i've had we we won't we won't do live thinking though no not live recorded live um well as you said to me before before we started recording the the droves of people listening have no doubt got to be wondering what is this called who are we who are we so matt basically i've come up with one idea matt Mm -hmm. doesn't know what it is this is going to be a a an absolute stab, an absolute offer, and if it goes down really poorly, we are not afraid to <laughs> not go with this option. Um, but other inspiration has been relatively few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, and as as I said to Matt before, it's a bit like when you get one good idea, it's really hard to find the inspiration to like keep thinking of new ideas. Um, so here, here is my my podcast name pitch it all comes from a couple of weeks ago when i was thinking about a movie that i don't like that much and i don't know why and this was all sort of linked into the fact of of what we're going to talk about like you know movies and arts and and things Mm -hmm, we love mm -hmm. um it kind of came from uh another podcast that i've been listening to that's hosted by a good friend of mine called uh doey who is a lovely, lovely Welshman who I had the pleasure of of getting to know at Bristol Vic. His podcast, The Movie Boom Review. Go check it out. You might quite enjoy it, Matt, actually. Basically, everyone comes okay. on um, to his episodes with a movie they love and a movie they hate, and they just chat about it. Nice. Um, the reason that this movie came up was it's a movie that I have kind of seen once i don't think i finished it lots of people like it and i've never really figured out why i didn't like it and that movie is in bruges have you seen in bruges (gasps) i i i love that movie (laughs) i thought you would love that movie i thought that would be your reaction as Um, as a as a part of the last intro if if you were listening bruges was on the travel travel plans in europe and it, it was it was because of that movie oh my god um yeah so so for whatever reason 
we'll, we can we'll we'll come back to we'll discuss <laughs> yeah. we'll discuss my relationship with Ambrose <laughs> as a movie, but for some reason a couple for a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago I had this day where I was I, was, I think it was my maybe my lowest day during lockdown I was feeling quite down and I just thought you know what movie I want to watch today Ambrose maybe <laughs> wow. now's the time for me to rewatch it and I think it had something to do with the like the nature of the movie being two people in a place they don't want to be. Yeah. They didn't know, like they know how they got there, but they don't know how they got there. They're twiddling their thumbs. It had quite like a lockdown feel to me Yeah, because yeah, I was yeah. quite a bad mood about lockdown and everything that had come through with it. I thought maybe in Bruges will actually, maybe I'll sort of respond to the story <laughs> like a bit more because of it. I didn't end up watching it. So it's quite it's, it. I, I, it's it's quite a hard hitting movie to watch at your at your lowest in a lockdown potentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's why I potentially didn't didn't rewatch it. I still mm-hmm. do want to, but anyway, in kind of a, a crap pun kind of way, I was just thinking of in Bruges and like the relevance to to now and the sense of like the feeling of being being locked down and two people. Obviously, you and I, are two people. Mm-hmm. Um, and potentially in Bruges as a movie actually being a conversation point, which clearly we're about to get into and, and start throwing some mm-hmm. some fists at each mm-hmm. other. I was like, is in Bruges a title? Like like uh, something bro, like bro related in Bruges? Yeah, I, I I'm mean, not... I, no, I, I mean, I, I, I like it. I like it because it's that very, you know, it's it's bros, which we are, but it's also very, very Kiwiana, very Kiwi. To call, yeah, you know, to call to call your mates, bro. You know. Yeah, and in, I thought maybe <laughs> I don't in, know. in bros and <laughs> and bro and bros and bros. Uh, maybe we'll figure out a spelling. Maybe we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. I obviously we don't want to go down the brogues part. Brogues? No, that's a type of brogues, shoe. That there's something else there, but but that was kind of kind of my my loose float because it's like you know what, two people stuck. Or not the irony of us not being stuck together, it being a topic that mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about. And I think Ambrosia is kind of just sort of a lockdowny type movie in the yep. sense that it's like, what do you do with your time? You try and make the most of it, which is what we're trying to do. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if it sticks. We'll yeah. have a discussion off the air. Oh, That's I like my it. pitch. Oh, no, rewind. I like it. We'll rewind on that. <laughs> so here's my reason for for not liking Ambrosia. I don't know when I first watched it. Um, I think it maybe like it was just one of those movies that like dad put on the TV at some point. And, mm-hmm. and as you said, it's quite, it's quite a, it's obviously a dark comedy movie. Really? Yeah. I see released in 2008. Like if I tried to watch that in 2008, I definitely wouldn't have been old enough to like appreciate the style of the movie. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure when I go back and watch it, I will really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just never made it through the the first like hour. I think I think I would just keep waiting for something to happen. Something to happen. May, yeah. May may and and as I said, say I watched in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, whatever, fourteen, fifteen year old. Mm-hmm. Probably not what that movie's aimed at. Now, no, I know, I know. There's a lot of f words in it. From what mm-hmm. I've briefly researched, mm-hmm. I think it's the movie with the most f words in it. We could maybe we'll have to figure out whether we want this to be an explicit podcast. Explicit or not. I don't or not, know how yeah. that works with Spotify. We won't. We won't. We won't be explicit for now. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think I just w- waited for a 
for ages for nothing to happen i think mm. a lot of the comedy was lost on me whenever i watched it and also i know that kind of the last third of the movie is where a lot of stuff happens and i don't think i got to that point yeah so true and i think in line with that as i think a lot of people have sometimes when people have seen something and really enjoy it and you have seen it and didn't enjoy it that much or you haven't seen it but you don't want to get caught up in the hype often we go to that place where we're like no i want to pretend i didn't did enjoy that or i just want to be like antagonistic so i think it's one of those movies that lots of people really like and so that's further made me develop this opinion that i don't like in bruges yeah 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 no i hear i hear i i think i i was when did where did i watch it? i think it was on so i was a very i was very not hi mum if you're out there you're listening you're probably listening i hey, was mum. I was very bad uh, watching movies that I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Sky movies, you know, things were always popping on there all the time. I remember, I think one time I was watching Fast and Furious of all movies. Uh, and it just so happened to be the scene where uh, Vin Diesel and uh, the character Lydia are, are getting it on in the, in the garage. And, Ooh, lovely. and someone walks in through the door, sees it on the TV and yeah, didn't go down very well. I got very much in trouble. But In Bruges was one of those movies. It was just, it was on Sky Movies. I was kind of in the lounge all by myself. I thought, oh, I'm just going to chuck it on. It, it was there. But you're very right. In Bruges, it has a, it has a very exponential kind of feel to it, but it, it doesn't mm-hmm. hit till very, like you said, that kind of third quarter of the movie. Um, I think for me, what I appreciate the most is just, is, um, is Colin, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, he's just so funny, his accent and all of that. It was just, it, it brought, you know, like just two guys and they had such juxtaposing, um, opinions and, um, outlook on things and stuff like that. And just the way that they inter- interacted together, even if it was in the real subtlety of it. Um, I don't know. I could really, I just really started to pick it up. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden when things really started going down, it was, it, yeah, it went from zero to a hundred real fast and I got gripped. Have you, have you, so have you watched the whole thing? I, I think it's one of those movies that I don't think I've seen the whole thing, but I think I know what happens okay. At, okay. at the end at the end yeah i, I mean, mean I, I yeah i don't want to spoil it but there's there's one moment where uh, all i'm going to say is just coin drops if that means anything to you or anyone no, listening out there <laughs> co- coin, coins dropping and hitting the pavement if there's anyone listening right now and that's hitting you right now that moment in the movie is just a lot but it's brilliant because i mean the think about I, the whole oh just oh ooh. i have no doubt that i will go and watch it at some point and absolutely love it and i yeah. will have to have that moment with myself where i have to <laughs> just accept that i've held this opinion for years that i need to change um i'm not i mean not that i don't think it's it's possible for people to not enjoy movies that lots of other people enjoy mm. but mm. i know i've done this in the past i didn't watch famously to myself not famously to anyone else i didn't watch game of thrones until season four one of those yep. shows that came out people yep. loved i was like yeah it's probably probably overhyped i was and, the same you know, i was the same and at a certain point there's a humility to just going you know what watch it see if you enjoy it if you mm-hmm. don't that's fine but don't yep. form an opinion on something based off not having seen it yeah i yeah i agree there's people out there it's like nah haven't seen any of it it's like nah it's just but you don't know you don't know do yeah. you I think that's yeah. a big motto in life. It's like you don't know unless you try it, unless you open some doors. And if you open yeah. that door, you don't like it. Fine. Yeah. Well, I Fine. mean, and 
I think this will take us down down a different track. I think that's true of of a lot a lot of art. And I think an example from for me, I was having a conversation with someone today about about Billie Eilish. And Billie Eilish, I know you're a big fan of. Yep. 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 I think she was someone who I formed an artistic opinion of uh, earlier than I should have, mm. based on other people's reactions to her. Yeah. And I think it's that sort of the whole the whole flip side of fandom like when there's a fan for something and you're not part of it you kind of you don't want to be like on the fence about it you'd rather sort of jump on on the other side yeah, of yeah you're on one the or the fence. other yeah and i think i think it was people's obsession with her very early on because i didn't really know much about it and look i quite like music now like i've i've not mm. listened to a lot of it um but there are definitely songs of hers that i think are great i think her james bond theme is is brilliant and yeah, like I in agree. line with adele's yep. skyfall i agree um but yeah she's just an example of of someone that i think i formed an opinion of simply because i felt like i needed to have an opinion and probably just whatever that part of your brain is i can't even think of the word for it where you go oh well i guess i'll oppose like popular opinion for the sake of it well i think that's what a lot of people have about pop in in general as a genre i mean it's like pop it's popular it's pop culture you know it's it is it's the it's the mainstream and a lot Mm. of people when they listen to mainstream music they're like oh i mean everyone's listening to this it's like you know i'm hearing it all the time it's on the radio every 30 minutes you know so it's it's very easy to get over something very fast but for me going back on Billie eilish i had the um chance to see her when she was at laneway Um, oh really you've seen her live i've seen her live before before she blew up before um when we all fall asleep where do we go came out um all of that you know ocean eyes who who like real you know her real starter stuff she came to laneway um and she was brilliant like this this uh cracker on stage you know she talks about her how her family her mum has to be backstage um because you know she was obviously underage but she was yeah. like she was swearing and you know jumping all across the stage and just her presence was was real energetic and, mm. and really enthralling um so kind of watching that and then really appreciating where she kind of grew her music all the way from ocean eyes but kind of kept that same kind of um you know that kind of hint of ocean eyes and everything it was yeah. it was really good and and i know um speaking from you know my personal comings and stuff her album has definitely gotten me through um a few things in the in the past year or two i think it was my lo- most listened to album um that year when it came out um really it was yeah it was spotify told me that it was it was one of my most listened to albums that year how good was that moment when spotify just unbeknownst to everyone just told everyone what they'd been listening, been listening to. to yeah it was yeah, an yeah. absolute couple of days where everyone was like well there's the stats there's no way to argue with the yeah, stats because so i'm true. sure whoever's so running true. the spotify stuff yeah. knows it i think one of my guilty pleasures that year my most listened to song was old town road <laughs> Oh God, no! I mean, I don't need to say, Oh God, no! It's 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 a very catchy song. Yeah, but. it's a very catchy song. But yeah, it was definitely in my tops. Um, but no, yeah, that. So yeah, I, I definitely get what you mean in the sense of the fence. You either jump on one, jump on the other. These opinions you get from other people. Um, but no, for me, Billy has definitely been uh, has been in my musical uh, upbringing the past few mm. years. Yeah, and, and I yeah. think it's important. I think it's important to recognize as well that it's it's valuable and i think maybe like cr- even crucial that 
that you know film and tv and music and all that kind of stuff does split opinion because yeah. without yeah. i mean that sounds that sounds very like generically philosophical but i think it's i think it's true i think it's so important to be able as a consumer to watch something or listen to something and say hey that's not for me even if popular opinion is that it's really good i mean my example from lockdown is probably tiger king like oh yeah that that took on that took on definitely like the most talked about conversation for a good two weeks i watched the first i think two and a half three episodes Mm -hmm. and just went like you know what? I I don't need to watch any more of this. And and I know there are people that were opposed to that show from like ethical reasons Mm -hmm. from, Mm -hmm. from all across the spectrum, which of course is completely valid. Um, But my opposition to the show was simply that I didn't find it enjoyable enough for me to continue watching. And maybe that was a case of like, people had spoken so much about it, like spoiler for Tiger King, if you haven't watched it now, but the fact that, that like, the focus the the character the person that's the focus of the show like ends up in jail if you knew that before watching the show maybe it removes part of like the interest i mean the mm. whole people's like opposition to carol baskin as a person carol was, baskin was in it was like in memes and you know social media and stuff before i even knew anything about tiger king yeah so clearly clearly yeah. i missed the boat but i gave it like three episodes of watching and i went you know what i don't have to finish this it's not gripping me in the way it needs to and i don't have to watch the last like whatever seven eight episodes to just to form that opinion or, yeah. or to like yeah or to to in order to validate me not liking it i was like no you don't have to watch the whole thing to say you don't like it like three i think three episodes for tv is a pretty good ballpark of of like trying trying something Mm. out Mm. now i i i see i'm on that same kind of boat but the thing is i haven't watched any episodes of it but i get i get all of my tiger king content from tiktok Mm -hmm. memes all of that kind of stuff and Carol Baskin, you know, like just all, all of that I find really funny uh, in how people kind of, you know, build up meme culture and what people have been able to do with it on TikTok and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And and like you were saying, for me, that's enough. I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to watch the show, but I feel yeah. like I get the show from all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, you get a sense of of what the talking points were, what like genre of the show fit mm. and you kind of there's no new discoveries to yeah. be had from yeah. that content in some ways people's reaction to the content is as like important and kind of i don't know that is the co- like the content is kind of everyone's reaction to the content as much as the the show in of itself um although apparently i think i saw like last week isn't nicholas cage doing a shit yeah i've yeah i've heard that i've heard that they're yeah they're eyeing up nicholas cage to to play him in something sap out as much as much stuff from from one show as possible anyway we don't need to talk more about tiger king (laughs) tiger king yeah but but one thing i did i i did want to when we were talking about billy eilish before Mm -hmm. that was sort of going to send me off off on a tangent which i kind of want to talk about this episode in terms of, you know, I guess Tiger King's related in, in the sense of, of uh, you know, entertainment culture and stuff being released now and you know, TV and film and music and mm. such an interesting time, obviously, while while the world's kind of in varying levels of, of lockdown. 
for both artists and you know production companies releasing things and mm. and i was thinking before when we were talking about billy eilish and, and the bond theme she's provided this bond theme for a bond movie that was meant to be released by now yep we probably should have seen it by now mm-hmm. and there's just this big question mark over over when they're going to release it and i've had conversations with people about this over the last couple of weeks like what happens with this movie are they are they just gonna wait and wait and wait for a year for the american film market to open up for the chinese film market Mm. to open up i posed the question to someone the other day like if if the revenue of netflix and online streaming stuff becomes such that they think they can make enough of the budget of that film back will they release it there or will they just just sit on it because yeah the last daniel craig bond movie would probably have made you know hundreds of millions of dollars in in the box office and because they just the timing of that movie not having come out yet as we spoke last episode about like our personal timing yeah i mean they're probably really happy that they didn't release it like better to better to not release something at all rather than having just released it and mm-hmm. then some people have seen it and you kind of have the box office fizzle um i just think it's really interesting at the moment how if you are a production company that has has something to release particularly like digital stuff like tiger king normal people's kind of the big show um at the moment i know uh, I think there's been a new season of, of Ozark, obviously Netflix, oh, Netflix so original good. shows. Yeah, so good, watch um, that. Yeah, I think it's just a fascinating time. I mean, now we're only you know really talking about, about TV and film, but what what are your thoughts? I mean, with do you th- they released that that Bond movie? I mean, are you a Bond person yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, I haven't always been a Bond person, but like I can appreciate, you know, because for me, I, I'm, not, I'm really not stuck to one genre. You know, whether yeah. it's in, in theater or music and film and stuff like that. I really like being able to just listen to something. And if it grabs me, it grabs me. Um, yeah. And with Bond, you know, obviously it's definitely that kind of just the um, the filmography of it, um, the scenery, the sonography um, and the action as well. You know, just the, yeah. the action of it all is just very captivating to watch. Um, you know, it's not all Michael Bay and explosions and all over the place. You know, there's little nuances yeah. and things you you can appreciate in watching the film um but i mean like you were saying that the interesting thing when we came when new zealand came out of level two all of the films that were in the cinema before lockdown are still showing now yeah you know so it's like if it did come out just before something like you know would it still be there and have a new resurgence um but that yeah i know that some films i think the next big one um christopher nolan's tenant I think that's mm. looking at potentially coming out soon, but it's it's interesting, you know. For me, uh, we were talking about this just before we started recording. I'm a really big Marvel fan, um, yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe, and all of that. And what they've done is they've pushed every single movie up the slot when they were meant to come out. So Black Widow, um, I think, was meant to be already out or very soon. Um, I think it was very soon actually, but now they've pushed it up to the November slot because they think that by that time, you know, things will be open again. Um, yeah. and you know, I was having conversations about like, why can't they just, like you were saying, uh, release Black Widow onto Disney Plus and why can't we just enjoy it there? 
But if you're a big fan of Marvel, it's like, no, Black Widow, you know, deserves her time on the big screen because she, yeah. it's her first solo movie. You know, she should have the time and, and everything like that. I think um, particularly for that franchise as well. I mean, I have kind of always been, I think we're quite, quite different in terms of our movie consumption that I've never really been someone that's gone to the cinema to see movies in the big screen all that often. I don't know mm. why that is. I, I don't know if it's, maybe it's just a pure money thing. Um, maybe it's a, when I get two hours free, for some reason I don't want to spend it inside. I mean, this all being said, whenever I go to the movies, I really, really enjoy the experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, we it's went and, didn't, something we went and saw, um, didn't we see Force, uh, Force, Force Awakens in the movie? Yes. Yes, we did. Yes, yes, we saw yeah. that together. When I mean, that came I, out. yeah, I. Whenever I go to the movies, I inevitably en- enjoy it. Like I think it, it is just such a, mm. a reliable mm. experience. I just am not someone who does it all that regularly. Whereas I know, under normal yeah. worldly circumstances, you are someone that does go to the movies like mm. relatively regularly. The thing I find yeah. interesting is that the two, two should I say, I might have only been to four or five movies in the last couple of years. And the the two movies that I felt I really, really had to see were the last two Avengers movies. Yeah. Because for me, they held, there was an importance there, I think, of, of I wanted to see these movies without them being spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. But also there was kind of a, a momentum thing with Marvel and it, you know, being such an important, um, yeah, a movie cap, production cap of ten sort of, years, yeah, yeah. Cap, capping off ten years. So yeah, those two movies are two movies that I have seen in in the movies because for me it was a no brainer. I was like, these have to be consumed. And I think mm. what you said about Black Widows is is similar. That particular genre is so attached to to big screen, where I think we're discovering now more and more genres that don't fit that that kind of shall we say like action thriller Mm -hmm. are finding that they can be profitable elsewhere i mean i think the last movie i saw for lockdown was uh david copperfield which oh yeah which was really which i did really really enjoy but i think part of me i was like well i probably i probably could have watched this at home. home um i know someone um who his his dad is involved in in you know a a cinema in, in wellington and I know they're struggling at the moment because mm. the thing the thing is, if no one's releasing pr- productions, movies, cinemas don't actually have anything to screen. Mm. I think there's a whole other side of like movie release that you and I would never consider. The fact yeah. that, you know, even if we wanted to go to the movies, if they don't have the rights to show any films, you can't go and see it. I mean, I had conversations with my friend about, you know, can you play the classics and he was kind of like, well, actually, that's potentially not that profitable, even if, like, the idea of everyone coming to watch, like, The Fellowship of the Ring and and the cinema is a nice idea. Not necessarily actually that profitable. Yeah. But, but yeah, this question of, of releasing, releasing content has clearly worked well for some lucky productions. Like I said, normal people. I don't know if you've, if you've watched it, but that, that Hulu production, um, is just so lucky to have finished wrapping that show at the perfect time to be able to release it when there is, you know, millions of people at home wanting new content and they're riding that wave out. Mm. Whereas there are other things that are you know, still in post-production at the moment or just about to start filming that kind of just missed the just boat. Just missed I mean, it. Yeah, so yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, so time, true. 
it's timing is just such a thing yeah i i agree and it's 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 gonna be you know the conversations and i think uh you you made a really good point on a facebook post once um about you know the normal you know like what's what's going to be the new normal how are we going to yeah. move forward how is the film industry going to change how is the theater industry going to change and you know the big underlying kind of factor that's stuck around is is streaming you know yeah. is, is these sites like that but like you said if uh, if people miss the boat then they can't get their content out and things like that but the accessibility of being able to just chuck on your smart tv chuck on your laptop be in the comfort of your home you know and stuff like that is um it's that accessibility not yet like you said not everyone wants to go out to a movie theater and and watch yeah. a movie um so it's how how are these industries really gonna kick start back into not going to what it was but trying to move forward with the evolution of after COVID-19 and yeah. the economy and all of this, the infrastructure and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, yeah. How we evolve through, through all of these industries. I think, I think as well, this whole COVID situation has really shone a light on, on the differences in the theater industry mm. and the screen industry. I mean, something that you and I have, no doubt answered hundreds of times in in our life already as sort of young and whippersnappers as we are <laughs> that was not really a sentence but <laughs> i like you, know, pe- you know often a question that people ask is well so are you like do you like screen acting or yeah. do you like and i think there's often there's often not necessarily a, a widespread understanding of how different those two mediums are mm. and i think the two mediums have completely different experiences and futures based on what COVID's doing. I mean, the, like as you say, it's st- streaming and in theory has provided a platform where, you know, COVID-19 shouldn't necessarily affect it mm. that much for lots of, you know, indie films and miniseries. So long as they can film them, they yep. can release them to a lot of people and be financially viable mm-hmm. and, you know, get critical acclaim and all that kind of stuff. Obviously the issue is you still have to be able to create the content, but I think we're at a point where, from what I've heard, obviously in New Zealand, is that where things are filming here domestically now. Yeah, Projects yeah. Are back that, underway. That was a big release that uh, New Zealand yeah. could potentially be the new Hollywood because yeah. we're doing so well down here and we've already got infrastructure coming up and, and here with obviously all the success that we have that, yeah, uh, um, all of these American companies and things like that are looking to come to New Zealand to, to try and film their stuff. And the thing is, you can theoretically like create a bubble of 50 or 100 or 200 or 300 crew members so mm. long as you know that they're all they're all you know don't have corona um <laughs> then you can do the you can do the filming yeah um create the product then release it obviously the issue with theater is as it is fundamentally built off this relationship between performers and an audience, audience. a live audience yeah. and and from what I've been been hearing in in the UK at least is is they expect that uh, screen production will start to tick over again in the next next couple of months. I you know there'll still be difficulties and and mm. there's obviously going to be you know funding fallout and all that kind of stuff. The issue with theatre is that there if there is no audience there is no theatre. Yeah. And I think the expectation in the UK is at, at the moment very realistically that there will probably be no theatre this this year simply because for theaters that you know have to have to make money and kind of 
the 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 margins of it in theater are notoriously very difficult doesn't even matter if you're in the west end or broadway it's still mm. difficult to make money and a lot of theaters only make money based on having close to full houses yeah and so if you can't fill up the audiences you can't make the money back so yep. it's not worth opening so yeah. it's you know it's it's not worth just thinking oh well you know as soon as a theater can open and have you know people in every second seat it'll be fine that is almost as bad as maybe worse mm. than theaters not opening at all um so yeah it's i think it's really really scary for the, the theater industry at the moment and and i think that's why it's been really interesting to see over the last couple of months the way that theater has gone has gone digital and I know that it's not necessarily a 2019, 2020 thing. The idea of watching theatre online and National Theatre Live in particular the last couple of years has has set this precedent of kind of recording theatre with live, with multiple cameras, and then making it available sort of internationally, which is you know, obviously great for us. Yeah. And- in New Zealand, have you ever seen National Theatre Live productions Not, either at I, home or in movie theatres? To, to be honest, I haven't. I haven't. I um, I every you know, there's everyone's posting on Instagram and stuff like that. They're watching the show and things like that. Um, for me, it's uh, I I I don't see it as sacrilegious. But for me, uh, me no watching, me knowing that I'm watching this thing being filmed on a screen, knowing that I should be in front of it, mm-hmm. for some reason, it just doesn't. It just doesn't light my light bulb you know yeah it just hasn't been interesting me and i when i was in london i got the opportunity to go to the national theater and and watch a show you know so i guess i'd be able to kind of draw back on that feeling a little bit more and and things like that but i i i find it i find it difficult to sit down and watch a a a theater show because it's it's not the same you know it's yeah and i know being an uh, from from an acting point of view, I love an audience. You yes. know, I've started dabbling in a few screen projects when I was down in Wellington, and I actually just finished filming one before I came up to Auckland. Um, hopefully that's going to be uh, out soon. I'll keep you updated. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I feed off, off an audience, just the energy and what people give back to the show as much as what you're giving to an audience is so yeah. fulfilling for an actor. So, I mean, on, on one hand, you know, like you said, an audience gets to see this beautiful thing, but I'm also mm. in the back of my mind, what's it like for these people on stage performing for an empty auditorium? knowing that people are watching it on a screen like does that really change the output on you know on how the performance is and how it comes across you know with the different yeah. camera angles and things like that. i mean can you speak to that obviously watching a few or yeah so so if so the national theater live ones at least these are actually productions that were filmed years ago mm. like most of them 2014 2015 so i think the precedent for uh, these kind of shows is they actually film them on nights when the audience, there was an audience. Uh, oh, well, then that's audience different, room, isn't it? Yeah, room. exactly. Um, but what I would say is I think some, I I can, I think I'm 50% in your camp. Like I know, I know what you mean about the, it not being the same experience mm. as, as being in the audience and, you know, the ambient sound of an audience and the atmosphere and, and what seeing live theater means. I think we kind of have to view this theater online almost as a hybrid genre like a, a stepping it's stone not right live theater yeah it's also not film but i think some productions work better than others depending on sort of on the show um 
I think the the National Theatre show last week or the week before was uh, Frankenstein, which Frankenstein, I know a lot of yeah. people watched and really enjoyed. Um, I kind of didn't get into it that much. Mm-hmm. It was I watched sort of the first half an hour and enjoyed Benedict Cumberbatch, watching a bit of Benedict Cumberbatch and his physical performance, but because the show was so sort of focused on Benedict Cumberbatch's work and the other actor whose whose name i've uh, has passed over me i'm not gonna try and remember it i'm sure he won't be offended um if you're listening we're sorry we're we're really sorry um he's done very well i'm i'm sure he won't be that offended um whereas other shows have worked uh more for me mm, um mm. for example like there was a show done by the uh the old Vic theater of of jane Eyre, which was kind of something that i didn't think i'd really want to see but for whatever reason the way that that show was choreographed and the movement of it really translated to watching it as an audience at home nice nice and i think some of these shows some of these shows work much better as theater for 2d screen yeah and some of them and some of them don't i mean I, I think we're just lucky that some of these shows have been filmed and there is content to watch out there as you say whether you want to watch it or not yeah, yeah. we're lucky that we're, we're a few years down the line that there is a like a database of show to be shows to be released and i think then that leads to to theater that it, it, as you say is being created right now right something now I mentioned to you mm. before we started recording was um literally just this afternoon i was watching the first act of of the Auckland Theatre Company's production of Anton Chekhov's The Seagull, which they've done on Zoom, for Zoom, kind of with the express idea of, of they've created the show using Zoom as the way to tell the story. Mm. Um, Eleanor Bishop is the uh, director and, and co-producer, I believe, with Eli Kent, is also the co-producer. Um and it was fantastic. I mean, I've not watched uh, X two, three, and four yet, but it's brilliant the way that they've taken Chekhov's The Seagull, a text that I'm not that familiar with, and I was just watching this half an hour of theater. I was, and I was like, well, I wouldn't know that you hadn't that the script wasn't designed for Zoom for the stage, to, yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. For, yeah. for this thing. And I mean, some people have that that brilliant mind to be able to take a, a take a script, take a show take circumstances and make it work um it'll just be interesting to see if theater in particular is really doomed to sort of a six nine twelve month hiatus how Mm, hard mm. how hard people are going to have to work to try and make uh, try and have like this new kind of sub genre of of theater whatever we want want to call it and and hopefully hope hopefully we're able to get back into audiences soon i mean you and i people in new zealand we may be much luckier than other people yeah and be able to get back back into theater but as i said i think in the uk the expectation is that it's going to be like 2021 which is yeah yeah which is a long a long long time long way away it's a long time but I mean, I guess if you think about it for us and, and our journey and our plan, that gives us a lot of time to get things, get things in the books, you know, we oh, could, for we real, could, man. We could yeah. potentially try and, and, and hit it at the right time. Um, but I also want to call myself out because, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, Billie Eilish and forming opinions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, good on these people, 
that are doing still doing stuff you know yeah these these um i know i think i saw i think it was bats and i think circa down in wellington i think they're starting to put shows um online and you can buy tickets and you can watch them and things like that yeah it's like i've, I've seen advertising for these but yeah i haven't watched any no and i haven't watched any uh, any yet and i think uh, for us being in the industry and appreciating it and if you love theater go and support these people you know, go and support these shows because at least they're still trying to do something in a really hard time. Um, yeah. And much like the the all of these national theatre shows and things like that, just because it's not the same doesn't mean that you still can't get something out of it, you know? Absolutely. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, as we've been saying here in New Zealand, you know, support local um, and, you know, really try and keep it here. And if, if you're a theater lover and you can't get to the theater and there's shows coming on, support them, watch them, yeah. you know, you're still going to get something out of it at the end of the day. And these people get to live, you know, and actually get money because that's the other hard thing being an actor in this climate is that there's, you know, for yourself, James, you, you, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm quite, quite happily in, openly on the benefit at the mm. moment on the new zealand on the new zealand dole and i mean that is is not necessarily 100 percent linked to the fact that i'm an actor like i i had another job while i was yeah, in the uk true. and obviously came here but mm-hmm. but yes this this constant sense of uh financial insecurity as as performers and creators often we have to have um other jobs and, and i think this time the, the moment that we're living at the moment has just accentuated the fact that freelance work yeah. as a whole, yeah. you know, whether you're you're an actor or you're within the creative industries or you're a freelancer in some other industry where the concept of being self-employed doesn't really work for you. I mean, I'm I'm one of the 5% of people that aren't eligible for this self-employed scheme in the UK trying to pay out people money simply because I haven't been a self-employed person for three years. Mm. Like there had to be a way for them to to regulate it but yeah you're absolutely you're absolutely right in terms of finding ways to to fund artists at the moment and i think i think another really interesting way to kind of interpret this is maybe the new wave theater like what we're seeing being released at the moment national theater live um shows being created purely for the digital medium in a strange way kind of appeals to non-traditional theater goers as much as traditional theater goers yep, yep. and that is maybe even more important more, because yeah. when theater comes back you and i will still keep going to shows what's important to grow the industry is people that maybe wouldn't normally spend that money or wouldn't think about going to a show maybe they are more likely to go and i think that's been something that i've i've found from you know youtube and all these platforms that have been re- releasing shows as I think there's a lot of people who wouldn't normally pay whatever it costs to go to the National Theatre to, to, to see a, to see a, to see a show, mm. maybe have watched these shows. And Mum asked me this question a couple of weeks ago. She said, "You know, do you think that the release of this content will actually be beneficial for theatre in, in the, the long run?" And we had a conversation about it, and I said to her, "Well, kind of depends on whether you're looking at, say, the National Theatre specifically or or theatre as a whole, and maybe a, you know people that." didn't have the money to spend money on theater still won't have the money to spend money on yeah, theater. but yeah. i think generally speaking taking a medium that is kind of behind closed doors in the way that screen content isn't because you can you know find 
clips from a movie on YouTube or, you know, find the whole movie online if you want to engage in that sort of activity, which I <laughs> obviously don't, don't condone. Obviously, streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, get involved. But yeah, I mean, there's kind of no way for us to really track the da- data of that. Mm. But it is a possibility with that theatre, which I think is quite a... a it's seen as a as a medium that you either kind of like or you don't like and people form these these ideas about theater and there are some people that have absolutely no interest in it um maybe it will encourage more people to to consume that kind of content which yep. may be really beneficial in long-term or it might not yeah who knows as well, that's at least just like it. you said you got content's to, being made yeah yeah content's being made and we've yeah we've just got to try we've got to try uh, as we've been saying before it's like it's an it's an evolving world at the moment and who who knows Absolutely. where it's going to be so i think yeah make the most out of it if you're creating watching um try something new yeah i i i totally agree um it's you, you know much for, for myself and doing these podcasts um and and starting this i want to get my creative buzz going um mm because uh, i'm fortunate enough to be able to to have a salary job at the moment you know working at barker's i've been working there for a very long time seven years is coming up and it's always been in my back pocket when i'm doing theater and things like that it's kept me comfortable um and now really not having the full momentum of it and what i was doing down in wellington um i've kind of just gone into the retail game and, and quite content to kind of be there for now um but i know that it's not gonna it's not gonna I'm going to go crazy at some point being on my feet and talking yeah. to people all day. Yeah. Um so doing these podcasts and and people doing shows and sketches and things like that and internet content um any anything to fulfill the creative buzz, right? Anything to to fulfill yeah. And audio is obviously this whole other like subgenre of 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 performance that you and I have uh, have not got that much experience at, but clearly audio is the thing that is thriving mm. within this kind of environment because you don't need to be in the place with the people. Yeah. I mean, I know someone who's doing ADR on post-production on a show from her bedroom in London and the p- people from the show like sent her the microphone. So she's That's able brilliant. to do that kind That's of cool. recording. Um, obviously like the audio book market is completely un- untouched yep. by, I mean, not that I'm massively informed, but but from what I from what I imagine, um, people who do audio books and audio commercials are kind of lucky to be untouched. Yeah. That's why you and I have invested in, in decent microphones yes. to be able to do this because it is a medium which you can do from your room, um, and is is strangely unaffected or not anywhere near as as affected as these kind of other mediums that require you to be in the same place as other people with cameras or an audience or or whatever i mean I'm, i imagine that people that are doing audiobooks at the moment they must be feeling you know top of the world that being said i was meant to have a an audiobook happening in uh a project happening in april in in london um which i don't know probably not meant to talk about absolutely no idea there's a long story there but the long story short was obviously i'm not in london anymore and then there was this whole process of you know can i can do you it do from it there? home yeah. can you do it sort of um from what they call a, a quote-unquote home studio um and sort of i guess the dirty secret of not a dirty secret the kind of the wink wink secret of the audiobook 
industry is that everyone does it from home mm. unless it's a massive massive project and all you need is a really good quality microphone or a, a decent enough microphone yeah. a quietish space that isn't by you know the airports which obviously pretty quiet at the moment or masses of sound of like a construction site or whatever you can get relatively good content which is why we're here isn't it yes exactly exactly and loving it and i mean it's going to be interesting to see how we continue going with this thing you know yeah uh would you know maybe listeners there may be some some fun things on the horizon we really kind of just want to take it as it comes and and see if you guys uh just enjoy our content and and like listening to us really i mean yeah who knows who knows what's in the future i mean i know you were itching for us to go off on the big the marvel tangent for an hour oh power ranking every movie ever <laughs> and, and discussing i knew i i could see it i could see it in your eyes matt and i are actually on on facebook video chat at the moment so we can see each yes. other um i saw the glint there i know you you had that thought you went do we go down this do we go down this path that's a podcast for another oh, day no, I know. it may wait it may well happen yeah but the the opportunities are uh are limitless in terms of what we can what we can talk about um obviously i'm grossly uninformed in comparison to you so that might take but that might be an interesting but that might be exactly someone I can, very informed i can inform you hit who, me some some questions yeah let's see yeah, what happens yeah yeah awesome man well should we leave it there for today i think i think i think and bros is is done there and bros all right matt and i will we'll, we'll work this, on we'll it figure we'll out the spelling yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, back yeah. to you we'll get on to our developers <laughs> the production team uh, obviously, there's a massive corporation behind oh, yeah. us oh, here. So, so, yeah, uh, yeah. so, yeah. Yep. Um, Sorry, what's that, well, guys? So much. Yep. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're just wrap. Yep. Cool. Wrapping up. Yep. Yeah. It's just you, me, and 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 one very old cat on my end, and, and one very young one very cat. young cat on my end having a nap <laughs> on your end of things. I'm very happy she's having yeah. a nap right now. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, man. Enjoy the rest of your Friday night. Yeah, and, you too. And you the too. Weekend. Um, and thank you to to anyone and everyone that's that's listened um, to this the, the first real talking podcast, what we've tentatively named in in bros and bro. This this yeah. is something we'll, we'll, we'll get, get back to you. Alrighty, mate. Love to chat to you as always. Yeah, love you too, brother. See ya. Oh.